Welcome to the Advanced Relationship Podcast. This is your host, Jenny Morrow, and I am thrilled that you are here learning how to have the most intimate, loving, and powerful relationships on the planet. everyone welcome to the advanced relationship podcast here are your hosts bryce and jenny and we're on here today to talk about working through differences which i know everyone's trying to do and we want to come out and announce that we will be fully integrating our coaching programs into one and i'll be joining jenny in the advanced relationship academy as a co-coach and we'll be working specifically with couples together from now on. So we have private coaching programs, group coaching programs, and something for everyone. So if you're interested, go to www.advancedrelationshipacademy.com and check us out. Yep. And not only are couples welcome, we also are working with individuals. So whether you're married or single, if you're wanting to create your ideal relationship life, then we have some amazing programs to help you do that yeah really excited about this it's kind of been in the making for a year or so um and now it's finally happening so excited to be here awesome i'm so excited too yeah it feels exciting to be here with you well so today we're going to be talking about working through differences and this came up because we were just talking about um i think when people may see me and jenny in person um or us as coaches they see us as probably similar ages, probably similar interests. I mean, we seem pretty much the same in a lot of ways, but we're actually really, really different. And we went through a lot of struggle in the beginning of our relationship trying to sort out those differences. And we still have many that we work through today. Um, but we'll talk about some that you may not know. So first, as, as we've shared before, we met through a dating site and we had some mutual friends and right off the bat the thing that was odd about me finding Jenny is that she's nine years older than me and I had set my preferences to up to 10 years not really thinking that someone 10 years older than me would be interested or that I'd be interested in them but sure enough um, she was the one that connected first and we went out to coffee and just started hitting it off but this brought up a lot of stuff for me and I think for Jenny. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> because normally, if there is an age difference, it's the man is older than the woman. And it's not the other way around. So it almost felt like there was like a 20-year age difference culturally. Definitely. Yeah. So when I first met Jenny, uh, I just got back from a year and a half of traveling the world. And I completely ran out of money just about. Um, I was trying to get my coaching practice off the ground and working a somewhat full-time job renting a house with a couple buddies trying to get back on my feet and she was very well grounded and in a career and owned a home and so I didn't really know why she was interested in me. So some of the the first thoughts that I had were that maybe she was just looking for a younger guy to hang around with um, for however long and that's not what I was interested in but these are just some of the, the thoughts and fears that I had coming up. So um, what were you thinking Jenny? 
Yeah, it's funny, you know, so Bryce and I actually met online for anyone out there who is currently single. Bryce and I met online and we went to coffee for our first meetup. And I remember being like, well, it was funny because when I set my preferences online, I had initially set them for 10 years older. Oh, no, no, no. I set them for 10 years older. And then I remember being like, not sure how much younger to set them for. And I remember thinking, like consciously thinking, well, if I'm willing to set them 10 years older, why would I not set them 10 years younger? And I remember being like, that does seem kind of weird, but why would I not go both ways? That also seems kind of weird. So I ended up setting my preferences for 10 years older all the way down to 10 years younger. So there was a 20-year range. Casting a wide net, Jenny. I was casting a very wide net at this point. (laughs) And um, so when Bryce popped up, I remember thinking, oh, I don't know if like could work long term and or if he would be interested or if I'd be interested. We had a couple of mutual friends and we could see that. And so that was helpful. But I just I was I really did feel drawn to you right away. When you reached out and initiated a meeting pretty quickly, that felt good. And I mean, the thing with Bryce is that he always followed through with what I actually wanted someone to follow through with. It was a little bit unexpected in that way for me, even though there was a nine year age gap. Bryce was showing up in the way that I had been wanting someone to show up all along. Yeah, and the the age thing really did dissolve within a few minutes of our first conversation, at least for me, because we had the same interests in therapy and people and ourselves and self-development. So right away, it didn't feel like there was an age gap. But had I not gone to coffee and had that experience, I would have never known. And I think Bryce is right. You know, when culture says something, it's easy to maximize or minimize the reality of something and in our culture it's really not a thing for a woman to be with a man who's 10 years older it's just it's not seen as weird or strange or anything and I had dated men you know up to 11 years older in the past but to date someone nine years younger culturally there is a message but then in reality it actually felt really good yeah I was kind of psyched I was telling my friends like oh yeah I have like an older woman that's interested in me I felt (laughs) proud I'm mature you know that is awesome And that's not the only difference that we had. We actually have a lot more. Jenny was raised in a real conservative household, and I was raised kind of like a a, a good household, but like I was playing sports. And at the time when I met Jenny, I had been fighting mixed martial arts. I was a cage fighter, had been for the last few years, um, and still competing actively. So I don't know how long we were, were we dating before you came to one of my first fights. Let's see. I believe it would have been in the first six months that you yeah. had your first fight. Well, either way, I was tra- actively training. And I mean, Jenny's about as nonviolent as they come. And I'm also, you know, I'm a, a kind person, but I have, I grew up wrestling and playing football and boxing. So um, to get into a cage and, and fight somebody was, is just a sport for me. But I could tell that there was a lot going on for Jenny while this was happening. Yeah. Yep. So what were you thinking? Because we meet and I say, oh, yeah, I do mixed martial arts as a sport. I don't know if you're thinking it's just like kind of some basic karate classes. But um, when you actually go and watch me for the first time get in a cage and and fight and you're thinking this is the person that you're dating. So I knew what was going on before I went to the first fight of yours that I saw. I mean, Bryce had competed prior to us dating, so he'd already done some competitive fights. But the first one I ever watched him in, I think it was the spring after we met. And so for a few months, I watched you train. And I knew that um, it was violent. 
the way I would have described violent or perceived violence in that you'd come home with black eyes sometimes and hurt body parts and things like that strained or whatever so I was already aware of of that part and I would say like how did I deal with that at that time one of the things I was already really working on which is one of the things that we teach our private clients and also our group clients is a process of mindfulness called poet and the first step is just to get really present and so one of the things I would do is I would literally just presence myself to how I felt about Bryce participating in this sport and the first time I went to your fight it was easy to get involved in the emotion of everyone there so your dad came into town from across the country some of my friends came to watch so you know some of your friends came to watch so we had a group of people there that just loves you and you know we were all there supporting you so it was easy to get into the emotion of that experience being a part of a group that cares about you and supports you and whatever whatever it is that brings you joy And then we went to a fight. Bryce had a fight, I don't know, maybe like a year later, six months to 12 months later. And we actually came down to St. George, Utah, which is where Bryce and I are this weekend. We're down here enjoying some sun. And so we came down here to St. George, and his dad and mom both came again from across the country. And some friends came again. But there was a different experience that time because Bryce got kicked in the face and the head. And so... Pretty quickly, I started to get nervous watching this fight. But I remember, again, walking myself through the practice of mindfulness. And so while there was a period of time where Bryce was going through this, through the training and his the initial fight that I saw, there was always the awareness that, that harm could come. In the second fight that I saw, when I actually saw the harm, I was able to really presence that and also the reality that even if you're not getting harmed sometimes other people are getting harmed so something shifted in that moment and I was very clear that I didn't want to participate in watching that sport anymore although it really also felt like it was okay if you still wanted to participate in that sport so that was how I dealt with that difference in that moment was I remember literally kind of separating my energy and saying it's okay for me to be able to say I don't ever want to watch this happen again I don't want to watch Bryce get kicked in the head. I don't want to watch Bryce kick someone else in the head. And that's okay. Even if for Bryce, participating in this sport works for him. It was okay. I could feel an okayness both ways. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. And I'm hearing this like differently for the first time in a way. And I think why this is important to even share is because this is one of our first big differences that came up because I had I had really poured my heart and soul into this sport and I really loved it, and I had a life goal of fighting professionally. And Jenny, and I had lots of people around me, family and friends, that really supported me in this, and they didn't really show the other side of it whenever, because I won and I lost sometimes, their genuine concern for my head (laughs) and my safety. And so to see this from Jenny was first kind of scary, um, and I think I, I reacted with some, some, some being shut down because when you were saying you don't want to watch this anymore, I was like, oh, like translating is that maybe you don't support me. But what it allowed us to do through talking about it is I was able to look at my values and it didn't take long. I mean, I took a break that never ended like, and, and I don't really have intentions of getting back into that sport. And I, I was able to see for the first time how I really do value my health and my brain. <laughs> yeah, and there are ways that I can get that same 
feeling and same exercise and same camaraderie doing other sports. And it's not that Jenny talked me out of doing MMA, but just in seeing her perspective and talking about it, I was able to see something else in myself that that I hadn't seen before. And to go into it even deeper, I've realized how sometimes even doing these tough sports or these tough guy things and this having this persona has, has been a part of me wanting to get acceptance from others. And so as this is constantly being shedded, I'm realizing like, oh, like what else do I do to really earn acceptance? And, some, and a lot of times it's a mix of something I like and having it be something that I'm using as a tool to, to feel better. Yeah. But yeah, it was it's fascinating to to go through this now. It's been been a few years. And it's so cool to hear you talk about that. Partly because just looking at our relationship, I I feel this warmth and this sense of goosebumps, kind of that tingly feeling of what it's been like for us to really show up with each other and to show ourselves and for you to be where you are and me to be where I am and how that actually impacts both of us individually and then also how the relationship continues to unfold. And one of the things that comes up with couples that we work with, or sometimes an individual who's coming in on their own, is there's this fear of, quote, changing their partner. And one of the things that I've experienced in my relationship with Bryce <laughs> is that relationships will influence you. And you that, mm-hmm. it's, that is supposed to happen. And I would say not only in my relationship with Bryce, but I've also noticed this in relationships with good friends, with family. So I'm having a memory right now of my one of my closest female friends and just how much my relationship with her has influenced me as a person, how I've been able to see things about me that I chose to change due to just her showing up for me in that relationship. So it's easy to feel like, well, I don't want to change someone. And that's true. You don't want to aggressively try to fix or control or coerce anyone. And yet when you show up as who you are moment to moment, if you're in relationship, there will be impact and ultimately and eventually there will be influence. Yeah. And I think just like you're getting into now, this is why we're talking about this and how it relates to someone listening is because you're going to go through your own struggle and already have if you're in a long-term relationship where there's a big difference. And I think people tend to think of it as a scorecard that, okay, sometimes you win one, sometimes I win one and it's win or lose binary and uh, I don't think that that has to be the case oh no and that's what's so cool about influence is it's ultimately about both people becoming more of who they are both people figuring out really what they value and then how to integrate more and more aspects of what they value into one life yeah and I know if you're hearing like this whole win-win or no deal thing that I'm going to be talking about we're talking about you might be saying oh that's airy fairy and impossible and believe me I've I've thought that too and the more that I've worked on my communication and narrowing down my values and throwing everything out on the table I've realized that this win-win deal is really possible it does take a lot of work though to get there definitely before it clicks And sometimes you do have to shed off stories, whether they are conditioning from childhood or your coping strategies, like Bryce said, or how you get acceptance or how you just cope in general. I mean, in order to get win-wins, there there is a loss, but the idea is that the loss is a shedding of what's not really us, that it's a loss of, you know, quote, the ego, the part of us that actually isn't the real part of us. Mm -hmm. And the win is who we really are. And that gets to come forward more. Yeah, and uh, one thing I wrote down that I'm looking at here is compatibility 
interests versus values. And in talking with people, I hear people say use this term a lot. Well, we're really compatible, but this or that. And I think when it, that a lot of times comes down to interests. Like people are looking for someone who, well, I like golf, they like golf, or I like to hike, they like to hike, or I want kids, they want kids. And that seems to suffice. But there's a much deeper issue here, which is if your values are not aligned, if your non-negotiable needs are not aligned, then there's going to be some serious, serious conflict. And I don't think people, A, know how to identify those within themselves very often, and then therefore aren't able to see those in other people, and then they just come out as conflicts about surfacey stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, as Bryce is talking about non-negotiables, one of the things that's coming to my mind that was a big deal in the beginning of our relationship, and I wouldn't say like right, right in the beginning, but, but within the first year, was Bryce was very clear that he wanted the experience of having a child and maybe more children, but you knew you wanted to at least have a child. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's like, it didn't feel right to talk about that on the first date or even really in the first six months, but I started hinting at that and you were hinting that you were unsure. So I don't know when it came up. It was within the first year, I, I think though. Yep. So within the first year, we got to a place where, and I had been thinking about it prior to meeting Bryce um, and also had started reading different ideas about it. I just was like, how do I make this decision? It felt it felt very big, very confusing. And about within the first year, Bryce came to a place where he said, you know, this is really important to me and I'm very clear about this and I need to know how you feel about this and if this is something, if this is an experience you would like to have as well. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And I think what, what popped up for me is, is going back into the poet process is lots of couples are going to go through this at some point. Like the kids are no kids or where are we going to live or how do we want to live our lives? And it's not so much about the content because I know that I could have came to you and said like, listen, Jenny, I want kids. Yes or no. Like right now, tell me. And <laughs> I don't think that would have landed very well. No. for you because that's about force and control yeah and that's me acting out of fear yeah and we had had conversations about it before just kind of different thought both of us sharing thoughts about the idea of having kids or not having kids but there did come a point where bryce was very clear and was able to say if this is not an experience you want it feels like this is important timing to know that mm-hmm. and um so the way it worked is i think it was like seven days i think we gave gave me like five to seven days or something like that we agreed to yeah yeah that was an agreement and and just so just to paint a picture here that this can sometimes be several talks like people talk about having the talk but a lot of times it's it's several talks and i came to jenny with all the presence and understanding and compassion that i could muster at the time and just said hey I really care about you. I want this to work. I can see you as being someone in my life long term. And this is a non-negotiable need. So let's start the conversation. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it was it was very scary. And even remembering back on it, I feel a little bit emotional. It was scary. I was afraid that if I didn't choose to have children, then I wouldn't be able to continue moving forward with Bryce. I was also afraid of just making the decision in general, you know, I think Bryce was bringing forward something that had already been in my psyche, spinning around for a little while, and trying to find some sort of resolution. 
so when we started talking about it and having a more serious conversation about it, and like Bryce said, he was he really was very compassionate. I didn't I didn't feel any pressure. So it was a space for me to just figure out and get more clear about what I wanted. And that was a really intense and difficult few days for me. And I also feel so grateful for that experience because I think that kind of space where I had to go into the fire and face it. And there was a, you know, I used a few different tools and support systems to go there and get help sorting that out and to come out on the other side feeling excited and good about that experience and having that with Bryce. It didn't feel like I would feel good about that with anyone. That wasn't my feeling, but it did feel like, you know, after having some some more conversation with, with you, Bryce, about how I wanted that to look, that if I had a child or if we had children, here's what would be important to me. And Bryce just feeling good about that. I mean, the space for it just felt so open and so free and So I remember that it was a really hard few days. And again, that was a place where our relationship allowed me to face my reality more. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a fun one because we're going down that road as we speak. And it's great that I came in with this non-negotiable need and Jenny, you know, within a few days thought about it and we had this really nice coming together and it's stayed like that. But there are other things that are still ongoing. And the one one that popped up for me was uh, name change. So we got married and I I think I assumed and, you know, wrongfully so because, you know, making assumptions doesn't always work out well, that she was just going to change her last name to my last name. And she voiced that she didn't really want to do that or that she wanted maybe some combination of our names. And I didn't want to change my name at all. So we're still having that conversation. And Um, I don't know what happens when kids come up, but what feels most important, even though we don't have a resolution on this one, because there's different levels, right? Like Mm -hmm. the kid thing is like really a yes or no. The name change can stay in the gray. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, there's, it's just, if you're out there trying to figure something out, whether it be small or big, it's important to know how, if there's a timeline on this, how important it is, that's really important to nail down. And then also, you know, if it's not, you know, where is the love here? You know, no, don't lose the love when you're talking about things that matter to you and having this conversation, especially if you're you're married or in a long-term partnership. Because no matter where it goes, you're the one that'll benefit first from showing love. Definitely. And I also think when we get into a more loving place and we start to soften that reactive state, which really, when we're in a reactive state, if you look at a brain scan, you're going to see what they call the limbic area light up. And that's the um, kind of fight, flight, or freeze response. And that's an older part of us evolutionarily than what the, what we call the cortex, which sits on top of that section of the brain. And when we're in a place of love, when we're in a place of, of softening towards each other, what we also see is that the cortex, especially the prefrontal cortex, is able to function more fully. And that's where you can do creative problem solving. And so that becomes a really important part of working with differences. Because again, for me, it wasn't, it wasn't that I didn't want to have a child, but it was, I want to be able to, I still want to be able to work. I still want to be able to continue moving forward with this passion I have. And can we do that together? So, you know, being able to creatively problem solve and the same thing with the name thing, you know, it's something that's 
kind of just sits there. And like Bryce said, this isn't one that, you know, we could go to our graves with it and probably that would be just fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's also just, yeah, it's being able to love and to soften enough, not just because that benefit that we get, but it also really does open up creative channels that I think can help us find solutions maybe we didn't see before. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and it's just it's the 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 reality is that when we're charged about an issue, we start thinking more black and white, or not thinking at all. Really, we just think all black. But um, it's important to have some type of way that we can get into this space when we're really charged. Um, taking space works good to an extent, but if you don't have some type of mindfulness practice, maybe meditation or yoga, or if you're not processing through what's going on in your head with someone who can do it, if your partner cannot, then there's a high probability that you're going to keep running into these walls and getting into these um, these animal states of fight or flight or freeze. So can't say enough of, of how much the work needs to happen outside of the conversation so that the real work can happen in it too. Oh, it feels exciting to talk about. Yeah. Differences are intense and... Yeah. <laughs> And they're part of the joys of life. Yeah. I really do think that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Looking at our whole path and, and had no idea that things would turn out the way that they did. Like never envisioned being able to work remotely and just travel. And we're working right now. It's a Sunday in St. George and the sun's out. And we're doing this podcast, which is work kind of. Mm-hmm. And both working as remote coaches and planning on having a baby where we can both be in the home. So essentially we're both stay-at-home parents that are both working and doing what we love. There's no way that that couldn't have come into play without some really serious conversations and a lot of win-winning going on. You know, I think I was I was submitting to the reality that I'm going to need to sacrifice a lot to do certain things in my life. And I have had to push hard and work through things with Jenny. But the more that this plays out, I'm seeing how we can really have what we want. And so can everyone else. I don't think I'm, I don't have magical powers, neither does Jenny. Yep. These, these simple tools that are also really difficult to use are what create the partnership and create the life. Awesome. So Bryce and I are kind of talking about the potential here. We're talking about some of the experiences we've had that haven't necessarily all been resolved, but how we've been managing it. But I'm curious, Bryce, for you, how do you deal when it gets really hard? Like, how do you deal when it gets dark? Like when we go into a mm-hmm. difference and we're in a dark place about it? Yeah, well, first, I'm just continually working on this practice of it's okay with me being where I am. So I shut down. That's still my MO. And sometimes I need to go away and take space. And I'll sit in the fire and talk and sometimes not get anything done. I mean, I can think back to even just the last few weeks where we've sat for an hour or two at a time trying to resolve something and it not getting resolved. And I've stuck with it. Um, So it's not so much about how do I get out of it in the moment because that's not always possible, but I don't give up. That's, That's an agreement that we have. And that I have with myself is I'm not going to give this up. If 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 one tool doesn't work, I'm going to try the next one, and I'm going to try the next one, and I'm going to try the next one until one of them works. That's so cool to hear because, yeah, we've definitely sat in some hard stuff recently. And just looking at our progress over the last few years, I'm like, man, 
sometimes we still get in really dark places and we can be there for a while. But I think I think we're both getting better at our capacity to stay with things and and try different tools. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that when when I even use the term like, you know, fight or battle, it's more and more I'm not feeling like I'm battling Jenny. There's this entity that is the struggle of being in relationship with another human being and the the animal side of us that comes out and is scared and afraid and and reacts and shuts down and so i'm looking at jenny and then i'm looking over at this thing that we're both working towards resolving it's not i'm not trying to beat jenny yes (laughs) it's so true it's so true because even if i win i I really lose yes yeah (laughs) yes Yeah, so for all those listening who can relate to that, and you may even find yourself being like, what are we even fighting about? I mean, if you ever ask yourself that question, like, what was it we're even fighting about? How did this even begin? You know, that's those are all good flags that what's happening is you are, you're fighting an energy that's that's not really either of you. It's these these stories, these conditionings, these fears, these concepts that aren't serving anymore. And, you know, it becomes a self-struggle as much as it becomes a struggle with another person. If you're really doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's really important to have a guide in this process. We have guides that we work with that are really amazing. And we are guides ourselves. And I think it helps in our process, the fact that we have guides where we're downloading, constantly learning and downloading the information we're receiving and working on to other people. I think that's what makes us powerful coaches. I don't think that I have all the answers, but I have quite a few tools now that, that really do work. Yep. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And community is also huge. Being in community with other people who are willing to learn tools, practice applying them, who are willing to work on their mindset. So Bryce and I are hosting our next live event, the Advanced Relationship Live event in January in mm-hmm. Utah. So get online and get a ticket and come because it really, that's a great way to connect with other people who are in the process. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're in a marriage or long-term relationship and you're just feeling stuck, it's it's time to do something different. I don't think that time resolves these things. I think the whole theory that time heals all wounds, I don't think that's true at all. And my, yeah, in my experience, it is not true. And what will happen is we'll actually play out the same pattern. So you may resolve something by just band-aiding it or brushing it under the rug or, you know, fixing the situation by getting out of it. But what you'll find is you'll come upon the pattern again. So you'll keep coming upon the patterns that are there to help you face yourself. And it's not until you start to apply a process with tools and techniques that you can actually work through that and actually come out the other side more free, more clear. Yeah, I think when I say find a guide, I think that realizations and ahas can come from books and people have them. Um, They're just slower. They're just slower. Like you have, you might have to read through three books before you find the one thing that clicks versus sitting down and spending an hour every week digging and digging and digging and having multiple ahas come up in a session. The progress just is faster. It is. Yep. And I was, I was thinking about live events and Bryce and I go to live events ourselves. And so, yeah, having guides where we sit down and we focus and we do the work or Bryce and I have processes where just the two of us sit down, we do the work together So it's really, it's that time, it's that attention, it's that practice. And then, you know, when we've gone to live events, it's an immersive experience where you can just get a lot of work done really in a short period of time and create change. Yeah. 
So, and if you're interested in either our coaching, pro- in either of our coaching programs, the uh, private coaching program, group coaching program, or the live event, get online at Advanced Relationship Mastery or Advanced Relationship Academy.com. And if you join one of the private or the group programs, you actually get a free ticket to the live event. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty mm-hmm. sweet bonus. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you actually get two free tickets. You get one for you and you can bring a friend or your spouse or a partner or a sibling. So yeah, if you're listening to this and you're like kind of interested, get on advancedrelationshipacademy.com, go into the coaching area, fill out an application for consultation, and we'll get in touch with you. Yep. Yeah, and it's probably important to note that we're only going to work with 10 couples privately. So spots are filling up. We have people in the program right now. The group stuff, I think that'll be open. I don't imagine that filling up anytime soon because we just have way more room. But yeah, the private stuff is filling up fast. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're interested, take action. Yeah. And yeah, I just I'm just looking at Jenny right now. We're like eyes locked, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is so fun, Jenny. It yeah. is so fun. Yeah, <laughs> I've had a good time talking about this, and I really hope that whoever's listening out there gets gets some good information and some ideas. And no matter what you do, you move forward with with this relationship stuff because it's a big deal. It's yeah. always part of our lives and. There's just so much to be gained here. Yep. And you'll keep being drawn to it. You can try to escape it. You can try to get away from it. But you will keep being drawn to it because it has so much for you. Mm -hmm. Cool. Signing off. Thanks, Bryce. Yep. Take care.